Welcome back to another episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm your co-host today, Derek Terry, and I'm joined by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how are you? Uh, doing well, Derek. Watching all this news and everything closely to see what canceled next and what programs on pause. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and Kentucky basketball has been fortunate to this point to, to not have to miss a game. They've had to scramble and find some opponents. It worked out with North Carolina on Saturday, and now they're, they've come together with Western Kentucky to, to put a game on at Rupp Arena tonight that uh, is for a really good cause, and I'm glad that they got things figured out. Yeah, this is moving fast. Um, like you said, this is two straight games now. They've had to scramble. I mean, maybe I had my head in the sand. I'm not sure, but I'm just thinking back. I'm looking here on the schedule. Like the Notre Dame game, are we even talking about this new variant? I don't think it, we were. That was 11 days ago. There was no there was no cancellations or any concerns, player programs, NBA, all of it was going on. And then seems like the Chicago Bulls were the first team I really remember in the last week and a half to two weeks just getting absolutely just obliterated with positive cases and COVID protocol. And then you saw it trickle down to the Sacramento Kings and some stuff. And then the next thing you know, it's like a domino effect. That's what yeah. I was telling you before we started recording college basketball programs, uh, one or two positive cases or, or and things like that. And I saw Jeff Goodman talk about it the other day where one or two players, what's happening is one or two players aren't feeling well. They'll go to the team trainer, then they get tested. And then that kind of leads to team-wide testing and stuff. And it uh, feels like we're kind of I, – I said, I said I'd never say it's like March 2020 because everybody knows that, that day we'll have documentaries and 30 for 30s and everything just documenting – you know, documented every cancelization that happened there in the like what a one, two, three hour window. Yeah. But it certainly feels like we're we're kind of heading towards some uncertainty again. It does seem that way. Um well let's recap since the last time we recorded. Um Kentucky defeated North Carolina really dominant fashion, ninety-eight to sixty-nine. Um, one of the best performances I thought from Kentucky basketball in, in years. I mean, literal years <laughs> since, uh, I mean, you have to go back probably to that 2019, 20 season. Like we were just talking about, they ended up getting canceled, but Sean, a lot of good things there. Savio Wheeler uh, played his best game at Kentucky, 26 points, eight assists played just so well. Um, what are some other things about that game that stood out to you? Kellen Grady shooting the ball. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, that's a guy that the way he shoots it, I'd be okay if he's taking eight to 10 threes a game, honestly. Like, he should be taking the highest percentage of three-point attempts. Uh, Oscar Sheboy continues to be dominant, Derek, and it's just it's kind of eye-opening that even a guy that plays seven minutes in the first half can still finish with 16 points and 12 rebounds. I mean, if he's ever able to have a game where he plays 36 minutes, like one of those NCAA tournament games like Cal, Cal does where he runs people out there close to 40 late in the year, I mean, this this is a dude that, realistically could grab 24 25 26 rebounds and just just his effort and, and the way that he changes things for Kentucky and then you saw you saw a lot of guys playing well but it Xavier Wheeler's the, the talk man like I believe as he goes Kentucky's going to go if he plays well Kentucky's going to play well and you saw just a different I think it's just a different mentality from him Saturday I think he felt like North Carolina had nobody that could slow him down he he was running full speed with the ball in his hands, making plays. And, and I thought that was very encouraging because he had an awful performance against Notre Dame. 
it led to a lot of people questioning, like, you know, why in the world's Cal doing this again with a point guard that can't shoot? Uh, but you just saw him kind of just have some success there. And it started with his defensive energy there early in the game. He got a, a strip and a score, and I think that really got him going. And I think that's where he kind of needs to hang his hat. You know, put that – get that defensive mindset just that gnat, that pest defensively, and just to set the tone, establish uh, a rhythm there early on from the game, and that, that's how he can make a big impact for this team. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I mean, he got that still, I think, in the first two minutes or whatever to make it 5-2, to two, and um, he just got to the rim at will, it seemed he like. Did. Just uh, if you're North Carolina, and I don't want to – I want to give credit to UK for sure. That was, uh, it was, it was a great performance. It really was. They played very well, but – Man, this North Carolina team—they—they they do not look the same. No, they—they they don't, and they kind of beat North Carolina at what North Carolina is really good at, right? Like hit, hitting the offensive glass, and then just destroyed them on the glass and the total yeah. rebounding numbers. And then in transition, like you mentioned, Savir getting to the rim—those are things that North Carolina does and puts pressure on pressure on you. Well, Kentucky was able to do that. Uh, really good performance. It's something that you want to see carry over. Uh, that, that was the first time this season that I really liked how Kentucky played. Uh, I liked the pace that they played with. I liked that they they were they were knocking down shots. They were taking threes. Uh, a lot of guys played well, and I thought that was uh, really encouraging to see. But uh, it was it was a good win as far as resume. It's not the same North Carolina team that they've had in recent years, uh, and I, I'm not sure when push comes to shove, if they'll, I mean, obviously the ACC going to have to get more than one team in the NCAA tournament, but I'm kind of wondering who's the second team behind Duke in that conference. Is it Carolina? Is it someone else? Uh, but as, as of right now, it's, it's a good win. Will it still be a good win in two months? I don't know, but uh, mm -hmm. looking at the net rankings, Kentucky made a huge jump after that win. I think they're up to number 30 today. Uh, that was number 51 going into the, the Carolina game, but then you look at the net, Derek and there's some really good opportunities in SEC play for them yeah no question I don't have the net pulled up but I'm imagining LSU Tennessee Auburn uh out of conference Kansas still have that game I've got uh, it right here actually even a I team like Mississippi it. State might be a pretty good win Alabama obviously so, but Alabama just took a pretty surprising loss last night to Davidson so LSU is number three in the net right now uh Kansas is six Auburn is nine and Tennessee's ten so a lot of really good opportunities. You'll play uh, Tennessee twice. You'll play Kansas once. They play LSU once. Do they play Auburn once or twice? Twice. Twice. So there's there's opportunities there. And then Duke is sitting at eight. So uh, Psych. really, really good opportunities. Do they play? No, they only play Auburn once. They play at Auburn. That's, that's, I thought they would play twice. They only play Arkansas once, too. By the way, talking to teams though, Alabama, Alabama's losing Man. some games right now. That what a resume! <laughs> I know. <laughs> you got wins over Gonzaga and Houston, but also losses to uh, well, Iona's their one that you would say I guess is bad because Iona's ninety second. But Rick Pitino, you know, they're gonna be they're gonna have a good team. They're ten and two. They're projected to finish with twenty five wins. So I don't know if that's a bad loss, but uh, Iona, Memphis, and Davidson have beaten them. But then they have wins over Gonzaga and Houston. Uh, so. Yeah. It is uh, an interesting resume. So let's go to what happened Saturday. If you were watching the game from home uh, on CBS prior to um, Kentucky's game, you, you wouldn't have known it at the time. Well, you, well, you would have known it at the time because you were trying to watch Kentucky's future opponent, Louisville, 
But as it turned out, you were uh, the team that they were playing is actually who it ended up being uh, as UK's opponent. So Western Kentucky will be coming to Rupp Arena for the first time in I think 20 years. Is that right, Sean? Yeah, 2001, I believe. Yeah, so they, this they came won together. That game too. Yeah, Western did. Patrick Sparks, right? Led him to a victory and then eventually came back, transferred to Kentucky. So interesting thing there. But uh, Western Kentucky is ranked 99th in Ken Palm. Uh, Ken Palm projects a 14-point win for UK. Uh, so this is a game that, you know, you don't get to face one of the biggest games or, or had been over the past few years. I think when Patino was there, one of the most looked forward to basketball games nationwide with uh, just the storylines there and two really good programs. Obviously, Kentucky won the title in 2012, then Louisville won it the next year, and they competed in the Sweet 16 uh, the following year. I mean, just a great rivalry there. Not going to happen this year, it doesn't look like, unless there are some other cancellations, but Kentucky ended up uh, able to schedule WKU, and this will be a game where obviously the Tornado tornado Relief Fund, it'll bring more eyes to that, and more money should be raised for the tornado victims out there. Not going to lie to you, Sean, I've been mostly doing a lot of football stuff the last few days. I know very little about this Western Kentucky team outside of what I saw from them in the second half on Saturday. Um some good players. I do remember a guy like Josh Anderson was a four-star recruit in high school. Uh, I remember being surprised that he went there because I think he was in the same class as uh, maybe Bassey or one of those other guys. They had a pretty highly rated class there at one point. But some notable names, Davion McKnight, uh, Jarius Hamilton, and then Cameron Justice, from, if you're from Eastern Kentucky. I mean, this kid's been on the scene since like, for like a decade, it seems like, since yeah. he was playing – varsity basketball middle school he had a huge game against louisville so quite a few kentucky boys on this team just whenever i don't know how much you got to dig into western kentucky but i guess your overall thoughts on what's happened the past few days and in this game as a whole i'm glad that they were able to to come together and get it worked out uh, honestly when when you're in that mode and we know that cal mentioned that he called gonzaga and that there were other possibilities and stuff that that they looked at but logistically it's so hard to kind of ask teams to fly across the country on what two days notice and you come together with western and let's let's face it if there's one coach that would love to beat john calipari in kentucky i think you have to probably say it's rick stansbury right (laughs) like he's had every opportunity to when he was mississippi state lost so many close calls sec tournament games regular season games where mississippi state would lead and it just never was able to get over the hump there uh, but I think it's a matchup that it's good for the state. It's it's good for obviously we know that all the, the proceeds and, and everything, the donations and everything will go towards the tornado relief in Western Kentucky. I think it's a great platform for the state and two programs to come together. It's essentially the state championship game after uh, Western beat Louisville on Saturday. I think Kentucky's playing a better team tonight than what they would have played if Louisville would have walked in. And I'm, that's not me taking a shot at, at Louisville. I mean, clearly. Western was the better team when they played on Saturday. Uh, but it doesn't – it's not doing a whole lot of good for it to be your best non-conference home game. And I think that, uh, you know, some fans are like, yeah, like, you know, I, I hate it. But it wasn't changing much if it was Louisville. Sure, the game was going to get you excited. But that non-conference home slate wasn't really going to change significantly if it had been Louisville at home. But I'm just glad that they're getting a game in. No question. I mean, they – you know, had they not played that game, you would have been looking at 11 days in between. Yeah. Uh, you know, plus the and holiday. Jumping to start conference play. 
Yeah. Like you don't great. want an 11 day layoff before you start conference play. And we know that they're going to play high point and stuff right after that. But this is a game that Western could beat Kentucky. If Kentucky doesn't play well, Western is good enough to beat Kentucky. Western's going to be coming in there with a chip on their shoulder, wanting to prove themselves to, to the state, to, to their program. They're going to be coming in with some confidence, and uh, hopefully Kentucky is up to the challenge. Like, uh, you know, these guys were looking at Louisville thinking, all right, this is a big-time rivalry game we're playing this week. You know, L's down, L's down this and, and stuff, and they, they can't get caught off guard just because it's Western Kentucky. And I'm sure Cal's got his guys focused. All he had to do was turn on that tape from Saturday and show them that Western, Western is a quality opponent that is capable of beating them if they don't play well. So I'm, I'm expecting a, I think, a high-energy game at Rupp Arena. I think Kentucky will win. I don't know if they'll cover, but I do think that they'll win. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Western, it looks like, one of the better teams in Conference USA. Um, going by Ken Palm, North Texas is ranked higher in the team that's that's really done well uh, in the non-conference is UAB, who is coached by former yeah. Ole Miss head coach Andy Kennedy. They're off to a nine and three start. Um, they've really done some good things, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's an opponent for the future uh, on the UK schedule. UAB, I can see they, it. They should be pretty good as long as Andy Kennedy is there, especially for for Conference USA. But Sean, is there any other basketball topics you want to hit on before we discuss a little football news in the past few days? No, just that just that I think it would be good for us to hit a mailbag going into the holiday, you know, after this game and, and run it if you want to. I, I think we'll uh, have some questions and some topics to talk about and stuff. Uh, the only other basketball news I think I'd throw out would be Reed Shepard, you know, putting on a show yeah. uh, the last few days and stuff and against quality opponents. And you got to see his complete game. I don't know if how, many, how many highlights you've seen of it, Derek, but – uh, a kid that's shown his ability to score, he's shown his ability to rebound, he's shown his ability to pass the basketball, and I think as a guy that as he continues to to build on what he's doing before he gets to Kentucky, is a could play multiple positions at UK. I think you could spot him at the one, uh, some and one or the two, honestly. But I, I think that's really the biggest news right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, glad they were able to get that holiday tournament in. Those are always fun uh, to watch. I'm sure it was some very good ball over there. So there's some pretty big football news this week. Um, yeah. And that is, does not involve the variant uh, as of now. Everything is a go with the Citrus Bowl. But as we know, these things change fast. But we're still uh, we're recording this on December 22nd. So there's still some time. We got, what, seven, ten days or so. 
10 days yeah. or so before the bowl game. So teams will start traveling here a few days after Christmas. But we'll start with the biggest news from Monday. Actually, I think both these things happened on Monday. They did. But um, Will Levis, I'm sure you guys saw it by now. Uh, and I have some thoughts on this, and I'll get to it here in a minute. But he announced on Twitter using the Terminator clip where he says, I'll be back. So that was a clever little way to uh, announce that he would return to UK. So I know it's Twitter, Sean, and I know people on Twitter are always right. They know more than anybody. But I saw some, I wouldn't say a lot, but I saw some of the, well, where, where was he going to go? You know, was he going to retire and go sell insurance or something like that? I, I have it on good authority. There were there were there there was real interest from NFL teams in Levis this year. And uh, I don't think it was a long time. Like, I don't think UK ever was too nervous over it, but I do know at one point there was some thought like, hey, this might be a real possibility. You can go to The Athletic, uh, Dane Brugler, who does, I think it's how he says last year, it's B-R-U-G-L-E-R. So he is uh, one of the better draft analysts out there. He had Levis as the number seven quarterback. So that's draftable range. It's not you know real high. He wasn't going to be one of the top guys picked at quarterback, but it was enough where he would have been picked this year, I'm pretty certain, had he decided to go. So I don't know where he's going to fall in line, Levis, that is, in terms of preseason accolades, because you know Bryce Young is going to be preseason first team. The season will Rodgers had, he'll probably be up there pretty high. K.J. Jefferson, uh, Hendon Hooker. There were a lot of good quarterbacks in the league this year who should be back. So I don't know if Levis is going to necessarily fly under the radar, but whenever you look at it from a U.K. perspective, Sean, this feels like the first time in a long time that you have the kind of signal caller coming back that you can feel very confident in. Yeah, and he's a leader. He's a leader on and off the field. Uh, His swagger, his confidence, I think it's contagious. And I saw the same thing. I had a couple of comments and replies on on links and stories that I posted about it that, you know, where was he going to go? Well, here, here was my thought about it. There was clearly something to it because he felt like he had to do what he did to announce he was coming back. And I know he'd said for, uh, you know, a week or so or a few weeks that he hadn't made a decision yet. He would sit down and make that decision. And the, the finish that he had to the season, he's an impressive guy, Derek. Like he's an impressive guy because uh, you you still like how much he can develop and and add to his game. You you saw the improvement from game one to to game twelve, and I think that he certainly had the decision to make. I don't think that this was just a well, no, I'm just going to get some attention from this. This was a, a legit decision where he's like, no, I'm going to come back to school and build on what I did during this season. It's it's really good news for Kentucky, and then I, I thought this too. If there's still guys that, that are out there in the transfer portal, like wide receivers or something that are possibly looking at UK or there's a possibility that they come, you kind of want to know 110% that your quarterback's coming back. And I think that that was kind of a big deal to get it out there as soon as possible. Yeah, and I would expect some more uh, some more decisions to come. Um, I would say, you know, the one guy I think, we're all going to expect to leave is Wondell Robinson. Not sure when he'll make an announcement, but um, some other football news, some some tough news really for two guys whose careers, uh, one for sure is over at UK. I'm going to assume the other one is too, but uh, Liam Cohen, it wasn't head coach Mark Stoops. It was Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator on Monday announced that Josh Ali who was a super senior this year, and Isaiah Epps, who's a fifth-year guy. He, he took a redshirt year a couple years ago. They're involved in a car accident and will not be healthy enough to play in the Citrus Bowl. 
So Ali came back to school. He was UK's number one wide receiver next year. Um, missed a few games this year. He had a knee injury. Missed the that happened in the Florida game. He missed uh, I think three games after that, or two games maybe. I can't remember how many games he missed, but he had 41 catches this year. He was the number two wide receiver, pretty clear cut. And then Epps was a guy who's been around a long time, only had 11 catches this year, a little bit over 100 yards and one touchdown. But assuming this bowl game gets played, and we hope it does, you're going to have Wondell Robinson out there uh, with some guys who, who haven't played a ton, who haven't produced a ton. It sounds like Demarcus Harris and Chauncey Magwood are the next two up. But the good news that we found out also on Monday, just from interviews, Isaiah Cummings is healthy. If you remember, That's he got hurt news. blocking. Yes, he got hurt blocking in the Louisville game. He's been dealing with that shoulder injury since the uh, Georgia game. He's played through it, made some big plays too, scored touchdowns in several games since then. So I'm expecting a whole lot of Wondell Robinson and a whole lot of Isaiah Cummings, Justin Rigg. Uh, and then you hope somebody can step up. Maybe some guys who haven't played a ton this year get an opportunity. But uh, I'm sure Liam's wishing he could uh, he could suit Tavion Robinson up for this one, the transfer from Virginia Tech. We should yeah. throw him out there for this game. But, of course, he'll have to wait uh, to join the team once the semester starts. But just your overall thoughts on that, Sean. Some really tough news for those two guys. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. You would have loved to have seen those guys go out with that, that Citrus Bowl game and stuff. But And Ollie's uh, they, a Florida guy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, a guy that's given so much to the program that would have been a nice send-off for him. Uh, but you mentioned the, the Wondell Robinson and the decision that he's going to have. I mean, he certainly has a decision to make about whether or not he's going to return or, or pursue an NFL career, an NFL career that is definitely going to be there right now if he wants it. But I, I could see it being a similar thing to what Lynn Bowden did where, where Lynn came out with the video not long before the belt bowl and said, you know, this is, this is it for me. I'm, I'm going to suit up one last time for the blue and white. I, I could see Wondell, if his decision is indeed to leave, I could see that being made before the bowl game. Uh, but if not, it would, yes. it would come after, but I could see a video or some kind of thank you to Kentucky fans. If, if it ends up being that he's for sure done, I could see it coming out maybe a week before the game or something like that. I, I think that was Lynn that did that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's what I thought. I think you'll get a run of some football news, um, not only leading up to the game, but it was, if I remember correctly, it was immediate last year. I think it was just hours after the game that Josh Ali, yeah. the bowl game, that he was coming back. So, yeah, it was a streak of events. It felt like uh, Pascal and Mosley, mm-hmm. all of them. It was so many, so many guys announced that they were coming back. Well, I know you get not, the not long. Yeah, you get the aspect of the people saying, well, you know, these guys weren't real draft prospects, which is debatable. I mean, I, th- I think it makes sense from a UK PR perspective. If you have anyone who's on the fence, just kind of build some positive momentum to have those guys announce that they're coming back. And, I mean, hell, with the transfer portal these days, I mean, it's nice to, I guess, know that these guys be coming back. So some players I would watch for in the either <laughs> same day as the – as the ball game or the day after Jacquez Jones, I would be very surprised if he's not back. He, uh, he would be someone yeah. I think would go some, some other news, which I mean, I think pretty much all but confirms that he won't be back, but Marquand McCall accepted an invite to the shrine bowl. Typically you don't see guys playing in these postseason games if they're not doing it for their draft stock. So uh, I, I had pretty much had him penciled as someone who I thought would leave but wasn't set in stone, but I would expect McCall to go. So, oh. I mean, kind of the big guy to watch, I think, is going to be Rosenthal because 
yeah. if you can get him back, that should really smooth. I don't, it's just tough to lose both your tackles in the same. It is. Yeah. You'd, you'd love to have one of them back. You'd love to have him back, especially uh, with Levis and some of these other pieces that we expect back. But you, you mentioned McCall and that's a guy that battled injury this year. So I think that you you got to look at those things too that that factor into these decisions. You're like, all right, look, I, I was here. This is my senior year. I was hurt. Do I want to take that chance again? Uh, there's a, there's a lot of things that these guys have to consider and weigh before they make these decisions, and and a lot of it would be my health. You know, is is it time to go now? Yep. So as it stands right now. Iowa, they got a couple of cornerbacks out. Obviously, Kentucky's down a few wide receivers. Iowa's top running backs opted out. I mean, who knows what these rosters will look like by the time we get to uh, to the game in 10 days. But hopefully that game gets played. We saw the Gator Bowl earlier today. It's Texas A&M can't play. Yeah. Too many positive tests. So. And that's the thing. We're not – you know, it's not being negative. It's being realistic with the way things are trending right now. And you mentioned it before we started recording. It's, it's the holiday. These guys are going to be going home. Uh, spending time apart and then coming back together and you just hope that that it doesn't like let's just say this like it's getting to a point where every single game you can just about expect that someone's going to be out yeah. or someone's going to be impacted by COVID because it, it's, it's happening again and just just hope that we can weather this storm and this variant and uh, this thing passes hopefully and, and can get back to because I mean we went through the entire season Derek as far as we know with no right. one Yep. Missing games due to COVID. No cancellations within college football, anything like that. Just uh, just hoping that these these guys get their opportunity to go down to Orlando and play in a game that I know means a lot to them. Well, it sucks for everyone, but I, I think teams that are in spots like Kentucky, yeah, the bowl game means a lot because you can get to 10 wins, but they did just play in the Citrus Bowl a few years ago. Um I mean, it would be tough to lose this to, – to not get to play this game for sure. I would feel bad for the team because they deserve it. Yeah. But I think it really sucks for teams that are, you know, in the playoffs, teams that are – It does. You know, have more to play for. And that's not being, you know, negative towards the Central Bowl, but obviously we can all recognize – I mean, you got teams like Alabama and Georgia and Michigan – I mean, Michigan back in the – you know, in the playoff for the first time, Cincinnati. These teams have, you know, a lot to play Everything for. Everything to lose. Yeah. Yep. And you hate to think that – and. It could be a fact. And it's not just and it's not just your your team that you're worried about right now. Like right. uh it's it's the it's the opponent. You just you're just hoping that everybody can meet their numbers and and stay healthy and stuff and then get both teams there and get the game played. Uh because I mean it's you're sitting there thinking, man, I just I hope our guys stay healthy. But you're like, man, even if even if our guys do stay healthy, it's up to the other team too. So it's uh just hope that a lot of these games get get played I, I hope that we don't go through this thing for the next couple of weeks and, and bowl games just get canceled left and right I mean even though you see guys opt out these games mean a lot to not only these players but they mean a lot to these schools too because there's a payout right. and stuff for the for these universities and their programs and their athletic departments you, you just hope that their their hard work gets rewarded and they're able to to play these games the next couple of weeks and then obviously it gives us something to watch and enjoy this is one of the best times of year to follow all these bowl games, college basketball moving into conference play. Uh, just hope that we get to continue doing what we've been doing. No question about it. So that's going to wrap up today's episode. As always, Kentucky Daily is sponsored by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, London, Winsburg, and Pineville. 
get out and see those guys today. Sean, safe travels to Lexington tonight. I will see you over at Rupp Arena, and uh, hopefully tomorrow we can record a post-game episode, see how this goes. Um, you know, as you hear this, there's still a football game to be played next week, and there's still a basketball game to be played tonight. We sure hope that that stays the same. But yeah. I'm Derek Terry. He's Sean Smith, and we'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.